Tikkun Olam is Hebrew for the repair of the world, a central idea in Judaism, an active position of peacemaking. It assumes through law as well as relationship all of our efforts in making things right. It is what would have led a Rabbi Heschel to march across the Edmund Pettus Bridge with John Lewis and Martin Luther King Jr. The ordering of the world is our business, the rabbis say. This week we have all watched in horror, in absolute horror, as Israelis were shot and kidnapped in shocking numbers. The nightmare scenario happened. And in retaliation, Palestinian non-combatants targeted, villages emptied, an invasion on the precipice for Gaza. It is horrifying. For those of us that have spent any time in the peace movements in Israel and in Palestine, last week is what all of that work was trying to prevent. A people driven to an absolute breaking point of oppression, a radical group or radical groups in power, armed, unleashing their rage on non-combatants, even capturing peace activists, their allies, in their broad sweep for hostages, horrific. And today, a humanitarian crisis in Gaza, Israelis hiding from bombs, an army of youth called up to serve. The Anglican Archbishop of Jerusalem, the Right Reverend Hossam Noam, has called upon all of us to mark this coming Tuesday as a day with fasting and prayer, a day of prayer for peace in his homeland. May I tell you that this is not what I thought I would be talking about on this October Pride Sunday. I thought we'd be talking about pride and its origins, maybe something of what the kingdom of God is like, or as today's readings invite us to consider, is it better translated as, is this what you think the kingdom of God is like, or better yet, you act like the kingdom of God is like this. Some scholars say our reading for today in stories like this are poking fun at something the emperor or governor had actually done, a kind of political satire lost on us all these thousands of years later, which is entirely possible, but I'm okay with just this idea. What is the kingdom of God like for you? And how do we make sure that we are engaged enough to recognize the kingdom of God when we see it, and maybe more importantly, to reject it when it is more golden calf than 10 commandments? A few years ago, I got to travel through Israel and the occupied territories with a group of women Christian pastors and women rabbis. We were all from different denominations within our own faiths, quite diverse within our own groups, and of course, all together, shockingly diverse. It was wonderful. Representing everything from Orthodox Judaism to the Reconstruction Movement in Judaism, among the Christians, I think I was the only Episcopalian, and everybody else was a really diverse array of different kinds of Baptists. It was really interesting. (laughs) I knew you'd laugh, right? Yeah. The conservative rabbis were actually the most like us. I actually had more in common with them than my fellow Christians on that trip in many ways. We also contained within our group a wide variety of approaches to both the crises in the Holy Land and in our own country and how we should engage. Rabbi Tamar Elad Applebaum was one of the first people we met in Jerusalem. She leads a community in Jerusalem, an artistic and activist community of peacemakers and leaders in those movements in Israel. 
Rabbi Danya, Danya Ruttenberg, who I met on that trip, shared this prayer from her and her, from her colleagues in Israel this week. Um, this was written in July of 2014 by Rabbi Tamar Elad Applebaum, Sheikha Ibtisam Muhammad, and translated by Rabbi Amakai Lal Levi. God of life, who heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds, may it be your will to hear the prayer of mothers, for you did not create us to kill each other, nor to live in fear, anger, or hatred in your world, but rather you have created us so we can grant permission to one another to sanctify your name of life, your name of peace in this world. For these things I weep, my eye runs down with water, for our children crying at night, for parents holding their children with despair and darkness in their hearts, for a gate that is closing, and who will open it while day has not yet dawned? And with my tears and prayers which I pray, and with the tears of all women who deeply feel the pain of these difficult days, I raise my hands to you. Please God have mercy on us. Hear our voice that we shall not despair, that we shall see life in each other, that we shall have mercy for each other, that we shall have pity on each other, that we shall hope for each other, and we shall write our lives in the book of life. For your sake, God of life, let us choose life. For you are peace, your world is peace, and all that is yours is peace. And so shall, your, shall, be, shall be your will, and let us say amen. I am encouraged today and every day knowing that there are helpers, and of course not just women, but these are prayers of women, but there are helpers and peacemakers, activists, people who have spent their entire lives laboring to build a third way. We are third way people here. A middle way is another way to say that, a way for peace in the Holy Land. People of different faiths and none working together. They have been in the streets for weeks, we saw that on the news, protesting the lawlessness and violence in their own country, in their own government. They have been organizing in their communities. They have been encouraging us to do the same, and they have asked us to bear witness with them, to tell their stories, and so now we must. This conflict is not just its most violent actors and their victims. These are lands filled with flesh and blood people just like us, writing their own place in history, the dispossessed and the dominant, in a disorienting dance, seeking home. Choose life, the ancients tell us, choose life. In all of its sparkling and strange beauty, choose life. Even when the man of God is wrong, when the liberating one seems to be missing, when God seems to be owned by someone far, far away, choose life, choose to remember your journey to freedom. So what is the kingdom of God like? What is served at that table? Freedom, justice, peace, delight. Let us not be too busy to work for it. Let us not leave that table empty or come to it unprepared for its offerings. What is the kingdom of God not like? Friends, it is not like sacrificing everything you have for a false idol. 
even if it is what everyone else has, how people say the world must be, even if it is what you like or are drawn to. I mean, who doesn't like a calf, much less a golden one? We've got one right there, right? <laughs> but remember, God was with them, visible even to them at the top of that mountain. And also in their very recent memory, in great power, God had led them out of slavery to freedom and had made food fall from the sky or helped them to see the nourishment around them in their new wilderness life. But apparently, this is the way. We are like this. Pride reminds us of this. A fight for dignity and human rights improbably won with leaders like the great Irvish Evade showing us all a way to be collectively free, and I mean all of us. A seat at that kingdom table for everyone. That is the scale of it, for everyone. And if you wonder about my everyone, we have an activity right now. I'm gonna invite you to stand if there is anyone in your family who is LGBTQIA+, anyone. This has to do with all of us. Take a minute to look around at the us. Have a seat, thank you. What a great community, right? I know, doesn't it make you wanna cry? Yeah. free to love one another, to know our loved ones can live lives of their own choosing. It means equal rights and access to medical care for trans people. It means we don't discriminate among ourselves by race or gender, there is never an excuse. All means all. What a beautiful table it will be as it walks by this afternoon. The kingdom of God is not like the weapons of war and fortification and walls and bunkers. The kingdom of God is not like discrimination and hateful mocking and exclusion. The kingdom of God is like a banquet. So many were too busy to attend. Like a banquet that seems like a folly when there is real life to live. Like something that will be around when we have more time, when the work of real life is done. Friends, there probably was a Caesar, and we have his name, who was a very bad emperor, and no one came to his dinner, and then he shouted at the ones that did. Jesus says the kingdom of God is not like the worst emperor of all time throwing a party no one went to. But the kingdom of God is like you hearing a call to pray Tuesday and choosing to do it, even though your Tuesday is full. Come here with friends if you can or pray in your home or your office. We're gonna be open all day as we always are. I plan to be here at nine and 12 and six in here to offer prayers. Be careful if you choose to fast. It is an ancient practice of prayer, but not safe for everyone, but we have been asked to consider it. And remember the Holy Land. Remember our Christian family, Palestinian Christians in Gaza and the West Bank, East Jerusalem and in Israel. Remember our Muslim and Jewish family. Remember the many secular people who call those lands their home. Pray for peace for them and for their children and wisdom among their leaders and ours. USAID is wrapped up in this violence. The international community is complicit in this violence. So that is our work, you and me, and we should be clear about that. We can do more than pray. 
reject any idol offered to you of demonizing any people, dismissing any life as less valuable than your own, of believing war is a solution. And today, this day, remember the brave ones who fought for the freedom of gay and lesbian and bisexual and transgender people in this land, an ongoing project of liberation. Listen for its prophets who have taught us to love and respect one another in ways previous generations could not have imagined. If you can stay, help us greet the marchers today and celebrate with us. Let us choose life. I suspect this is something of what the kingdom of God is like.